I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Like victory. Hey listeners, welcome back to Full Metal Movie Reviews. It's your host, Sandboy. And uh, this week we're doing a very, very special film that has been enjoyed by millions. Um, it was voted as Best Sequel Ever by Amp- Empire Magazine. Nominated for, uh, I don't know, multiple Academy Awards, um, including Best Direction and Best Actress. It's 1986 Aliens. With me to discuss all things aliens is the co-host with the most phones. How are you, man? Game over, man. Game over. Ah, it's having a cup of tea. Sit back, relax as we uh, we dive deep into what is probably one of the best sci-fi films of all time. Now, phones, you've been on the record. Yes. You hate sci-fi. <laughs> but why do you like this film? Okay, so I mean, apparently on the record that I hate sci-fi, um, but uh, we did review. Uh, I'm just looking back. We did a flashback on Alien two years ago, and I did enjoy that because it had more horror elements. It was a haunted house movie set in space, and I enjoy this because it's like it's uh, a good action movie and. There's one thing James Cameron can do is blend sci-fi and action really well. And, you know, one of the issues I have with sci-fi movies is that they can be a bit a bit boring and a bit too uh, bit too out there. This one here, eh, it's not boring. It's not too out there. It's Marines. It's Aliens. It's pew, 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 pew. And it's Bill Paxton. And what more do you need, baby? <laughs> i tell you what you need. You need Hicks, okay? Yeah. You need Bishop, uh, hey, all right? Hey, hey, if Hicks and Bishop, well, Bishop was in there, but if Hicks was so good, he would have made Alien 3. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love I love Hicks. I won't mention Alien 3. I'm just kidding. We like to have fun on this podcast. All right. So, listeners, um, what, before we get into this, what was my take on Alien? Did, I, did you even do that with me? Because I don't remember doing that one. No, I believe that was one of the two that... Um, uh, what was his name? The other guy? Oh, Dave? R- Roggle. Yeah, what happened to that guy? Oh, I don't know. What happened to that jerk? I don't know. Should I call him up? Just see what he says now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think, I, I believe we did that. And then we did touch briefly into the other Alien movies as well, from what I remember. That was two years ago. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, what's your take on Alien? <laughs> uh <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's, what? It's, it's not my. It's okay. That's not your cup of tea. You see, I, I prefer aliens infinitely mm, nope. more. I enjoy oh. aliens infinitely more. Um, yeah. yeah. You like the horror of the, you know, the scary house concept of the and the claustrophobia and the, I don't know, the um, suspense and the anxiety that that, that sort of the undertones I- of that film. If I remember correctly, I do believe I preferred Alien over Aliens, but just, just. Because yeah, you're a jerk. Um, okay. I will say this, though. I think 
No, I don't think. It's a, it's a subjective. <laughs> I know yes. that my personal taste, I the cast of Alien is superior to the cast of Aliens. Alien, the main crew, has got some heavy-hitted actors. Um, and it's probably... Yeah, I'd say it's... I it, they weren't going for a genre film. It was, you know, everyone's playing their part. Everyone's being very serious. Everyone's you know doing exceptionally well. It's 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 not. It's just like they treat the material seriously. Where Aliens is definitely the cast is a bit more um, mainstream popcorn, if that makes sense. Whereas like Alien has like you know theater actors and you know um, mm. you know. Uh, you know, stage actors and like act, you know, actors, actors. If that makes sense. Well, look. Well, look at the directors. I mean, you got Ridley Scott and James Cameron. You know, Ridley Ridley Scott he is not going to be directing Bill Paxton, all right. And and James Cameron, you know, he's not going to be directing um, the guy who played Ash. His name escapes me. He just passed away a couple of months ago. <sighs> but you know what? He probably did actually direct him. Never mind. But the point is, what I'm trying to say is like. You know, you've definitely got the two different styles of those two different directors that have come out, but both of them made really, really good movies. You know, so much so, 8.4 out of 10 for Alien, 8.3 out of 10 on Aliens for IMDb. That's all personal opinion, you know. People love these movies almost equally. Um, and there's people like me that prefer one genre over another. I prefer horror over action or over sci-fi. Um, I don't you think it's eh but that's you but you know most people like them equally so yeah to answer your question i don't even think you had a question but two two very different directors directing two very different casts one connecting factor though is sigourney weaver awesome no matter what she does and this is another case of her being awesome so with aliens um one of the things like i'm not gonna give you a plot uh i won't give a plot synopsis with um is it like if you haven't seen Aliens, like just go out and fucking see it? Like, what are you doing with your life? But um, the casting, I think there's a couple cast members where they absolutely nail, um, and they don't really ham it up because there is a bit of um, ham in there, <laughs> a bit of porky, porky pig in some of the performances where it's a bit oh my god. Um, but I feel like um, Michael Bean as corporate Dane Hicks, he's always gives like a level-headed sort of just a he's just a grunt, he's an experienced veteran. Um, probably, uh, you know, somewhat compassionate. Um, so Michael Bean as Hicks, big tick. Paul Reiser, which is a cast out of the left field because he's a comedian. He plays Burke, his um, Wayland Yatani corporate fucking shill who has only interest in one thing, profits. And Lance um, Henriksen as Bishop, the synthetic, or um, I guess you call it, what is he preferred to be called? Artificial. Artificial human. Artificial human. Or artificial person. I don't know. Um, he's an android. He's an android. Well, not really, because he's not a robot. He's synthetic. Um, <laughs> so those are those are some. He's of a the, jerk. Those casting, in particular, Paul Reiser, that character was so slimy and slick. Like you know, he's just those typical eighties sort of. Um, yuppies that have the slick suits and the tires and all they care about he, is he, and... he is every used car salesman I've ever dealt with yeah that's that's Burke 
and uh, and it's, his motives are strictly financial. So, which it's 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 probably the casting is probably a balance because I personally find Bill Paxton has it's super annoying in this film. And it's only into the like the final act where Ripley takes command of the situation, tells him to shut the fuck up and fall in line, where I kind of can tolerate him. But his fucking hokiness and fucking I don't know whatever it is, but I find it distracting. And I'm, and it's it's a lot of the time I'm just like, shut the fuck up. He has a oh. great line of game over, man, game over, which is that's a great line, but his shit before it. Is in it's just infuriating. He's like he's insufferable, and I know he's that, meant to be insufferable, yeah. over cocksure and overconfident. But it's like, ugh. and maybe that is good casting because I fucking hate the guy in not the character, the, the character, not the actor. But Private Hudson, man, I'm not a fan. Yeah, but then he does have a turnaround at the end, and and as That's you my said, point, but yeah. yeah, but yeah, and so yeah, you meant to he's meant to drive you up the wall, but you meant to feel something when he finally carks it. You're like, oh man. He turned out to be all right. No, game over, man. Game over. Well, that's the other thing is like, I don't really care about. I mean, the grants are all um, expendable. Yes, and they make that pretty clear. And I don't really feel one way or the other about any of them, um, other than Hicks, pretty much, um, and um, Ripley. That's probably the only two I care about. Newt, yeah. obviously, well. but um, even Vasquez, how she makes it to the end. Fuck, she's eh. annoying. She's annoying. I mean, she, she... Private Vasquez in this film is like... I don't know how to say it. It's like a cliche of... She, she, she's like what Michelle Rodriguez is now in every movie yeah, she's ever in. But, like... She's that tough... The tough... Um, overcompensating? Uh, like, Ripley is... a To me, Ripley is mm, ten times the badass than correct. what Private Vasquez is. Because yep. she just gets it fucking done, man. When she... She assesses the situation, evaluates the threat, comes up with the appropriate response, dictates that response to her crew to get it fucking actioned. Whereas Vasquez is constantly trying to fucking outcock everybody, like show that she's got the bigger dick. And it's like, just relax, man, tone it down. And I guess the other one, I the other the other guy who I like is um Sergeant um Sarge. I don't know what his um name is, but I like him. He's a cool. a pawn by uh, played by Al Matthews. Yeah, he's he's probably the other other marina. Like, and I get why he's such a hard ass because he's the sarge. So that kind of makes sense. Assholes and elbows. Let's go. <laughs> um, but ultimately, of the marines, yeah, I could, they could all die. But so the casting, I feel. Um, don't get me wrong; it is has cast exceptionally well. But yeah, like a lot of the like the the B characters or the B plot characters, um probably aren't as strong as what is in Alien because Alien only had had one few few actors in it. But those actors were pretty, like, they're pretty intense actors. I think but, that was done intentionally, though. Well, like, yeah, probably. You're probably right. had to cuck them all off, you know. Fairly, well, I'd say it's early into the movie. Like, legit, it's like an hour into the movie. That's when, you know, they take away a crap load of Marines to leave Ripley, essentially with a, you know, pretty disabled group. You know, no ammo. Uh, a couple of century guns, Bill Paxton running around, um, and you know, essentially, all the hard asses that she was with have been neutered, and it's it's her versus the aliens. So I think I think that was done intentionally. I didn't mind the character development from the uh, the grunts. Like I knew 
all their names and I knew who was dying when they were dying. A lot of issues I have with movies these days, especially those that try and replicate aliens, is that you have a lot of faces, but you don't know the names. And a perfect example of that is in um, Alien Covenant, uh, the one that uh, came out most recent, 2017 or whatever it was, is that there was a scene in the uh, in the fields where a heap of them died. I could not tell you who any of them are. And, you know, same deal. They try to make mm. characters that mm. you would remember. Um, but this one here, like, oh, I remember who Frost was. And, you know, I know why him um, getting lit on fire. <laughs> His name's Frosty and he got burnt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a big deal because he had all the ammunition. Um, you know, I knew who the pilot was and what she looked like and why her dying was a big deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, so you you know who the characters are. And Sarge getting done first and just going, ah! <laughs> you know you know exactly who all those characters were so i think they did a fairly fairly good job but you're right though i think the well, cast probably did like okay maybe i'm phrasing it wrong they did such a good job that they casted people that played their characters so well that i was meant to hate them if that makes sense <laughs> or meant not to feel anything for them yeah yeah i think yeah. i think so mm. i think <laughs> sorry i've just i just got the quotes open um, Lieutenant Gorman, there's one you you hate, but it's like any questions. Hudson raises his hand. What is it, Private? Yeah. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Yeah. And then Apron, you secure that shit, Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of Hudson. I think Hudson gets a lot of love. I mean, I like Bill Paxton, but this role is just so fucking irritating. Um. All right. So. Let's maybe talk about um, the plot itself, not necessarily a plot synopsis. But one of the things I really like about this movie is that the script, I'm just looking at my notes, is fucking airtight. Airtight. It gives us pretty much every, uh, I don't know, it fills in every sort of background detail, addresses pretty much every kind of plot hole um, and the need for a sequel whilst moving the story forward. So, a bit of context. This film came out in 1986. The original came out in 1979. So, we're talking like almost 10 years, really, um, of, or oh, seven-ish. But we're talking about a long time between movies. And the reason why is that uh, I think Fox, the studio that owned this, went through uh, ownership, change in ownership or something. Long story short, a lot of issues. Sigourney Weaver didn't want to do it. Then she did want to do it. Then she had a pay dispute. The movie addresses pretty much, well, the plot of the movie addresses everything. So why does Sigourney look older? Because, you know, 10 years does age, or seven years does age to a person. She has been drifting in space for 55 years. Uh, why do we need to go back to um, the planet? I forgot what the planet's called. Um, Centauri LV4 something, whatever it is. Um, because the corporation has decided to terraform that colony um, and they've lost contact with the colony. Um, so they're sending in Marines to see what's going on. They need Ripley there as an observer and slash use, utilize her expertise. Ripley, in the course of being through space for 55 years, loses a daughter. She finds the daughter in Newt. Um, the villain of the movie, you know, I guess the original movie didn't really have a villain. It had a crew being hunted. And the crew was somewhat unified. I mean, you, you did have the the robot, whatever his name is. Um, Ash. Ash. 
he was, I guess, the villain. Um, and I guess they had that metaphor of, you know, don't trust computers and AI or whatever. Yeah, but he was also the the guy sent from the company. So yeah, correct. So that company was always a villain. In that company regard. was always a villain. That sort of replicated in this. Um, and you also have a lot of infighting of the of the crew because you have the sar- uh, not the sergeant, the guy who gets the concussion. Is he a corporal? No, not corporal. Um, no, he is the uh, lieutenant. Lieutenant. It? Yeah, the lieutenant gets a concussion. Uh, Corporal Hicks is then taken over, but then his authority is questioned by Burke. He's saying, you know, you don't have any authority to blow up this facility. It's worth billions of dollars. Uh, and then you've got Ripley, who really is the social consultant. She takes command of the situation and just goes to show, right? The person with the plan, the person who's most calm and most rational in times of crisis, will always, will always, um, I guess, well, I guess the person who shows the strongest leadership skills isn't necessarily the loudest, isn't necessarily like the one who shows the most balls, but just fundamentally, again, can analyze the threat, come up with a course of action, and then appropriately have appropriate response. So she does that a couple of times. Um, when the when the squad is getting wiped out by the aliens in the basement, she drives the APC right through the wall to get the squad out. She comes up with the plan um, to um, bunker in. They got to initially last, I think it was 17 days before they would send a rescue mission. Um, and then they come up with a new plan that once they figure out, well, that's not going to be long enough because the aliens are just sort of just chewing up through the century guns ammunition. They come up with a new plan about the raising the antenna and then getting the spare dropship to come through uh, remotely, which fucking makes all the sense in the world because you're living, like, this is the future. This is meant to be science fiction. Why wouldn't you be able to remote access a dropship and, and almost essentially just drone it down? Why wouldn't you? It makes so much sense. Um, uh, I don't know, man. My science fiction's a bit out. Well, I'll give you an example, right? Uh, the Last Jedi which was a Star Wars film (laughs) meant to be set in the future. Like they had the dumbest, dumbest technology in the world. Like they didn't have sonar. They didn't have anything that could detect any like maps or obstacles in their way. Their ships were so shit. Whereas this is just like common sense. Um, Like it may be a bit of a plot convenience, but when you look at it, well, if they can put people to sleep and do hyper jumps, whatever the hell they do, yeah, they should be able to remote into um, the ship's <laughs> Wi-Fi and essentially hit prompt command, drop ship command, fly down command, <laughs> like remote control. Like it's not, to me, that's, that makes all the sense in the world. If anything, you could argue, why do they need a pilot in the first place? Which they probably don't. Which probably makes sense as to why the ship doesn't really have a crew. Um, all right, And anyway, long story short, so <laughs> they, uh, they, she is... Her plot, her sorry, her her leadership qualities are really sort of. Um, she's the dominant alpha male. Well, that's my opinion, anyway. In the film, and Hicks is her psychic, <laughs> like so. So hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So you get um, an inter- an interesting dichotomy between all these varying interests of the, of the of the crew. So back to my original point. Uh, so it's a bit more layered story. Um, than just a survival horror with a twist of maybe the the, the ash in the first one. Uh, the villain, um, again, he's so transparent in the end about monetary value that um, 
He was the one that gave the order for the colonists to go to the ship in the first place. He was the one that gave the order um, not to send in uh, protection because uh, I think he said it was uh, rights to it. If if you find something, you got right to it or claim. You got claim rights. If you get claim rights, you get rich because essentially you own it. Um, so, and he's also the one that devised the plan to then have Newt and um, Ripley um, impregnated with an alien, then put to sleep on the ship. Uh, he was chicken shit, ran from the fight as soon as the shit got hairy. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the plot of this one is just, it's, it's really good. <laughs> like it's 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 pretty it's pretty simple. But like I said, at the end time, it's airtight. Like there's no real plot holes. I mean, it's pretty. It's it's there's a lot of twists. The only problem is, I'd say there's probably one too many um, swerves. Like when she goes down to wipe out the queen, and then she lands the ship, the drop ship onto the mothership, and then the queen's there. And she's got to fight the queen again. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then she puts the queen out into the airlock. It's like, all right, okay. <laughs> but other than that, I mean... It's good. Yeah, well... I've got one, I've got one issue with this movie, Sam. I've got one, one gripe. With the plot? No, no, no. Those little forklift gimmicks, they just look so impractical. As someone who uses a forklift or whatever to lift stuff, like, it's, I don't know. Those little robot things that they walk around in, mm. it just looks... I don't like them. Well, they, they even address that because she can't get a job when she gets back from... Uh, when she's awakened from hyperspace and rescued... Um, they like they, she has that uh, court martial or whatever the hell it was, and they revoke her pilot's license. So she has to get a job on the docks and the loading docks. So they and it just to show that she's got experience with the forklifts and um. Yeah, that's cool. I just don't yeah. like them. They just look impractical. Well, I mean, the queen is a one big puppet. So that's the that's my gripe is that the end fight is to me is somewhat anticlimactic because it's just a puppet that can't really move. And she's just kind of walking towards it, picks up Newt, walks back from it. <laughs> that doesn't really, uh, you know what I mean? It doesn't really. It's not uh, really I guess it, I guess it did have that really killer scene when Lance Henriksen Bishop just comes out and then gets impaled and ripped apart. That was pretty cool. You know, it had it had bursts of action here and there. Yeah. Mm, mm. Bishop got messed up. Um. So what do you sort of well like? Let's talk about um, what are your sort of some of your favorite parts of the film? What are your, you know, what do you love most about it? What what is it that sort of grips you? Well, I mean, I really like. This is known as an action movie, right? And yeah, okay. There's there's a lot of action in there, but it's it's a full hour of storytelling and building, you know, which I think. Mm-hmm is so vital to making a good movie is just having a really good story and characters that you actually know when they're going through stuff. Like, you know, you, you, you root for them as they go through, you feel bad when one of them dies, you know, and I, and I think one of my favorite parts of this movie is um, you see Sigourney Weaver's kind of uh, Ripley's transition from, you know, she, she's always been, strong like especially in the first movie when she was almost refusing you know she was refusing Kane's re-entry 
Um, and if she got her way, they would have been saved, to be honest, because the alien would have been sucked outside, and that's the end of that. But she refuses entry, and she's always been strong. But in this movie, she was fighting that fear. You know, she was getting very upset. And I love, I've got a, I've got a favorite scene, which might be a bit, you know, odd for people when they think of this movie. They think, you know, Bill Paxton or whatever, whatever, action scene, action scene. My favorite scene is when Sigourney Weaver is giving the brief to the grunts. And she's talking about the first movie and she's talking about, you know, their crew, crewman Kane comes in and they're having dinner and then all of a sudden he starts convulsing on the table and this thing comes out from her chest and she can't finish what she's saying because she starts choking up. And then as, you know, you do sometimes when I start choking up on this podcast, uh, someone jumps in and <laughs> interferes and that's Private Vasquez who at this point, Vasquez, sorry, at this point, is meant to be this badass, tough chick, you know, will just, like, talk shit to anybody, um, puts people in their place, and she just cuts her off and goes, I only need to know one thing, where to find them. And everyone gets a laugh, and they start talking shit and not taking Ripley seriously. And then Ripley gets shut down by the lieutenant, but then she just, like, has this change. And that's that badass switch. And she stops, and she puts Vasquez in her place, She's like, I hope you're right. And then someone tries to stop her again. And then she interrupts and tells them how just one of those things destroyed her entire crew. And, you know, like, there's going to be heaps there. And, like, you can see the shift in the grunts as they're like, oh, shit, maybe we are going into something serious. But you see Ripley and you see her become Ripley, like the Ripley that we all know. Like, it's that shift. It's very subtle. And it's probably not what you were expecting, but that's my favorite scene in the movie. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, to me, uh, I mean, she got a fucking Academy Award nomination for her acting. Like, spot on. She she is hesitant to go back, and her only motive to go back is to kill him. She says to Burke, "You're going there to kill these things, right?" He said, "Yeah, that is my intent." So she's um, yeah, quite clear that that's the uh, that's her motive as well. She wants to help wipe out this race of whatever the hell it is um, to then, you know, to, I guess, maybe partly avenge her crew, but also to to stop the threat of it because it's fucking no joke. Um, but what... What I love about it, though, is that Ripley is always Ripley and it's like she's just... She's not really comforted by the fact that the Marine's there because she's just has seen what this alien can do, right? And it's almost like she tolerates the Marine's behavior. And as soon as shit goes south, she just takes command. <laughs> like, And that's yeah. just what a boss does. And that's why she's probably the greatest um, action hero slash sci-fi character ever made is that, see, a lot of characters in today's sort of landscape have to fucking, uh, I guess state why they're such a badass like michelle rodriguez is like or the i don't know whoever perfect perfect example is dwayne johnson all right dwayne johnson okay he's an enormous human being but in every single movie like i think rampage he's just meant to be a scientist but he's a scientist who's a former army marine you know black belt in jeet kwondo do whatever whatever badass he just can't be hey i'm just a guy who hits the gym you know he just can't be 
normal person. Uh, no, that wasn't. Well, that was the. That's probably the worst example. No, what that's I mean the best. It's the best. What um, I mean here. is, it's like um, the opposite of that. So, uh, someone who's understated in their performance, who is quietly confident of their skill set, right? And then you think, well, she's just here for a consultant, and they all kind of blow her off, but. When the shit goes south, you see her take charge and take lead um, and be really competent at it. And then that's how you know someone's no, a no joker because they don't fucking talk about how skilled, about how awesome they are. They don't need muscles to show up. They don't need, um, you know, dumb fucking dialogue. They just kind of, through their actions, illustrate who they are. So that's what a lot of this script is. It's about, um, I guess how do you sort of, when you put in the situation with impossible odds against you, she just said, even in the movie, she fucking says it. She goes, um, don't give me that shit. Fucking, okay, how do we work out to get the fucking plane down? Like, she's she's already solution-orientated. Um, and I, I just, like, really respond to sort of that thinking and that mentality. Um, I also, what I also like about, um, I watched the director's cut. I, I think the director's cut is probably the best version of this film. Um, it's not really that much different, but it does give us a bit of a extended background on the colony, on the planet. And it shows like, um, I think it's called Hadley's Hope. I think that's what the colony is called. And it just shows them, shows like how these are just pretty much everyday blue collar people. Yeah. Uh, they're working on something that resembles an oil rig because I guess one of, when I was a kid, I couldn't really understand like the colony, like, why, why does it look like this? But when you kind of see the director's car, it is essentially an oil rig. And what they're doing is terraforming um, the earth, well, the atmosphere of the planet so it, it can be breathable and hospital to life so that then they can obviously live outside. I mean, they can walk outside and breathe the air, but you can see from the, like, the constant wind and the high, pr- and the, I guess, the pressure and whatever, it's sort of still not desirable. So they're all living in this sort of, um, I guess the best way to describe it is an oil rig where there's scaffolding and there's uh, railings and um, you know metal floors and whatever and, and ducts and whatever. Um, and I get you get the scene now. Do you get this in the normal cut phones where they show Newt with her parents driving to the um, ship? Um. Yeah. So. I think you do. Um, I, yeah, you get that. I think what's missing is um, I got the special edition, which I don't know if that's the director's cut or not because it doesn't say. But did um, it have the kid on the tricycle? Like, um, yeah, it's got the kid on the tricycle and the scene with the guy who's got a really sweaty back, um, setting up why Newt's parents are driving to where they're driving. Which I think, yeah, that's an added scene um, that wasn't in the theatrical release. But I believe the scene with Newt's parents is in the theatrical release. It's just okay. missing that other stuff. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you watch that version of a special release, the director's cut, whatever the hell they call it. Um, can you just get that context? And I also get like, I, I like the homage of the kid on the tricycle um, yeah. to The Shining. <laughs> That's pretty Yeah, cool. yeah, then that. And also, it's like, you see the kid on the tricycle. Well, the kid's playing, and you see that kid on the tricycle. Yeah, it's a homage to The Shining. But then you're just like, Oh snap! They mm-hmm. all did. They yeah. all did. <laughs> they all did. <laughs> they all um, did. What? And what else I like about this the film is that they give us like little sort of subtleties of a greater world. 
So they talk about things like, um, oh, you know, they're colonizing new planets every time and every day. Um, and they've got this massive sort of uh, corporation facility that's sort of orbiting the Earth. And they kind of infer that um, Earth is sort of for the elite class because, you know, only, um, only uh, you know, higher-ups have cushy Earth jobs. Uh, whereas the grunts sort of have to go off world or go work in these sort of dreary sort of, you know, stations. Um, and they, you know, the Marines talk about Arturian Poontang and it's like, yeah, the one you had was male. Well, it doesn't matter when it's Arturian, baby. Like, yeah, so like, I was literally, I just Googled that quote to say, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I never, I never got that. Um, fun fact, I just I just saw it then because I did have to skim watch bits and pieces but um, before we jumped on this podcast. But Frosty, um, he's the one who said that quote. And on his uh, on his armor, he's got a love heart with Heath written in the middle. So do you think uh, he doesn't mind that? No. Arcturian um, Poontang, male or female? Uh, no matter it what? could be Heath. Um, but I'm pretty sure if you go on to listen to a podcast called I was there too. The actor talks about how he was on Aliens. And actually, he was at the time, I think he was making a Stanley Kubrick film. Full Metal uh, Jacket. There you go. Yep, yep, I think that's the time as well. Uh, but he was... Um, they said that they could write whatever they want on their, on their uniform to make it more personalized. And he, I think his wife is... Um, or partner at the time was Heather... But he ran, oh. he ran out of space because <laughs> he wrote the letters to me, so he just left it as he. Um, and uh, I'm not joking? sure if the dialogue of, oh, but the one you had with Mel was added after they saw that. Um, but yeah, it was, um, that wasn't, that was by accident. It wasn't by design. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, that's, a, that's a worthwhile podcast to talk about, I uh, listen to, sorry, it's called I Was There Too. I can't remember. If you just Google it, you'll find it. Yeah, I'm here now. <laughs> um, uh, and I guess what else I really like about the um, film is the uh, the aesthetic. So to me, when it comes to sci-fi, aesthetic is number one. What does the world you envision, how does that come to life? So you look at all the great sci-fi films, so Star Wars A New Hope, you know, it's a borderline western dystopian slash fish like rundown used society um in uh alien it's sort of like um very sort of pedestrian like the ships are like almost like big trucks and there's like gauges and there's buttons and it's um you know it's not romanticized it's not the sleek sort of slim lined uh, chrome version of what the future is it very much looks like something you can relatable to today to, to present society. Um, this has a lot of that as well. So the Marines are pretty much they look like almost interchangeable as Vietnam uh, veterans, like war soldiers from the Vietnam War. Their weapons uh, are awesome. Those plasma rifles, whatever they're called, they got the ammo countdown, which is like in every sort of um, sci-fi action video game like this ammo countdown uh they've got those massive um guns on the on the the uh camera boom thing they move around with 
They got the flamethrowers, um, the stationary uh, sentry guns, the dropship, which pretty much looks like a helicopter. Um, uh, all of the tech, or uh, the spaceship, looks like it would be like almost an aircraft carrier. The interiors of that, um, the uh, the Connolly um, Happily's Hope. Like I said, it's like a oil rig, so it's very functional, but it's not very hospital. Um, and then you have the hospital, sorry, and then you have the aliens that sort of terraform it to like their own environment with the cocooning and then how they make, um, yeah, I don't know cool. what it is, but it's like a, almost like an organic mm, sort of like, like a... spiraling of like this weirdness that goes around all the, so it's cocooning, it's just cocooning, man. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's pretty sweet. And I think that has a big factor, like it's really hard to sort of nail a good aesthetic and a good um, uh, photography and good uh, cinematography, sorry. It's it's sort of one of those things that can be really hit, especially with sci-fi and especially like with stuff from the 80s, all right, let's be honest. But the miniature work in this, the explosions, they, yeah, it looks a bit hokey today, but Ripley is literally flaming a set with a flamethrower. <laughs> like, that is happening. Um... And it just, I to me, that realism of the world you get enriches the story so much more. Because if this film was made in today, the aliens would be C- C- um, would we all be CGI. Uh, the set would look all like a, I don't know, like fucking the Jetsons. <laughs> you know look, I mean? look, look, look. If this was going to get made today, just watch Alien Covenant. All right? That's what <laughs> well, it's going to look like. You're 100% right. Looks like the Jetsons, shit CGI, freaking mm-hmm. uh, aliens are doing fucking breakdancing as they come out of the fucking chest. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. I'm getting hot. So, watch, uh, watch Aliens. I, watch I just think that, and a lot of that is down to James Cameron, because James Cameron used to work for um, Roger Corman, and he fucking um, came from set design. He actually designed the... The spaceship, the Marines' mothership. I'm pretty sure he designed the dropship. Um, fairly certain he designed all the uniforms, the Marines' uniforms, um, and like the he came up with the boom. I don't know what's the boom, but it's like the cameras, the portable camera um, that the Marines have their um, the, the the big machine gun things on, the flamethrowers. The ammo counts on everything. Um, basically, it's, this is all here. This is he produced this film with his partner. He wrote the story. This is his world he created, and he like he nailed it with Terminator and the world he created with the post-apocalyptic um, war with the machines, and he nailed it again with the futuristic, uh, you know, corporate-driven, you know, Marines. Space Marines. Like he came up with the term Space Marines. Like that's him. He came up with the term Space Marines. So it's amazing. Like he like it's a ten out of ten. Like special effects, ten out of ten. Um so phones, what is what is there like is there any sort of like particular favorite effect or action sequence that you like out of this film? Um <sighs> Yeah. 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 I really, I really like, and uh, I really like how simple yet effective the scene is, where um, they are barricaded. They're mm-hmm. barricading themselves in, 
Um, they've got the sentry guns. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got that that um, motion ticking noise mm-hmm. going. Um, doop, and doop, yeah, that's doop, the one. Doop, doop, you know, doop, doop, it's doop, where yeah. mm-hmm. it's where Burke shows his true colors. Um, Hudson uh, gets picked off. You know, so it's kind of like their last stand, I guess. And it is really their last stand as a group because that's when they get split up. Uh, Vasquez and Lieutenant Gorman get, you know, done in the um, air ducts. Gorman has a bit of a character turnaround as well. Um, But I really love that action scene. And my favorite part of that is where they're like, you know, they're in the room, man. It's like, you're reading it wrong. It's reading right. And then they look up in the ceiling and then Hicks's face just tells that story as he turns around so slowly. Mm -hmm. You see all those aliens just scurrying in the air ducts coming right for him. That was freaking And yeah, that's my favorite action scene in that movie, man. So simple, so effective. And it's like, that is, is a different type of horror, right? Because they're like, yes, the senses are going off. He's like, well, you're reading the reading room, man. That's in the room, six meters. That's in the room. You're reading the reading room. And I'm not reading shit, bro. Like, and they, and then he reading right, out. man. Oh, fuck. They're in the, they're in the. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's, that is, you know, that is horror. That is that suspense, you know, and that suspense is paid off mm. with an action scene. Um, and, like, you know, people go, oh, this movie isn't as scary. That's bullshit. There is plenty of scary stuff in this movie. It just blends it with the action where it's, this movie is a roller coaster. You know, you've just gone, you've gone down super hard on that freaking roller coaster and then you're building that suspense back up and then you go down super hard. It's just like every time you go down, you're getting blasted in the face with a plasma rifle as you go. But it's freaking, no, nah, it's epic, man. It's epic. My favorite action sequence is um, the first, well, I guess the first major one, where they, the, when the Marines are just nice. getting all chewed up and they just don't have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I love the fact that they introduced the motion sensors um, and they're like, don't fucking shoot the walls, man. You're shooting a nuclear reactor. And then as soon as shit goes south, they start shooting the walls. They're like, who's firing? <laughs> who's firing? <laughs> um, just to go, just to show you about, like, how much how many dipshits are in that fucking team like you know they as soon as they, they like just lose their composure the first fucking side of um of uh anything really and yeah. um couldn't handle it couldn't handle the heat yeah um and i like the um i guess it's also like he's got the cameras and one by one that l- lieutenant is a scene all the cameras go down one by one. Yeah, that's so cool. It's um, it's a video game before it was video game because like first person action shooters didn't exist. You know, yeah. this this is literally like inspiration for all those video games, and like he's literally watching the screens and he's watching his 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 crew go and he's refusing to lead the charge. Uh, Ripley's trying to get in there. It's, it's fucking, it's sick, man. It's a good scene. All right, friends. We beat it around the bush. Oof. Oh, actually, one thing, I, one final okay, thing, it's good, an action good, sequence good. that I really like. I like it how, um, so when the guy gets caught out about wanting to take the aliens back, um, Burke, he then switches yes. tact and goes, oh, you, what right do we have to wipe out a species? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh my God, he's so fucking transparent. And it just reminds me of all the virtual signaling that, um, that that happens in today's environment where people like where corporations 
jump on social um, issues to buy social goodwill to then turn that into dollars, right? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, this guy is just fucking making up this bullshit argument about we don't have a right to take out another species. And it's like, uh, uh, a minute ago, you said you wanted it because these things will, will fucking generate you billions of dollars or whatever. Uh, but now it's like, yo, we don't have a right. It's just come from ethical. It's 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 just hilarious. Burke is so slimy. It's so great. Um, I, lo- I love I love how they're just like they just give up and they're like, oh, let's just kill them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they find out what he's done, they're just like, fuck it, let's just waste this guy right You're here. You're dead. Right You're so dead. <laughs> um, so we like you talked about it very briefly before you mentioned the uh, minor gripe you have. But is there anything you just film that you, that kind of irks you? Or you think, oh, they could have nah. done that better? Nah. Nah, not at all. Look, it's... You know, the, the criticisms with this movie is it's too action-orientated, whatever. That's your preference, you know? And for me, I, I've no I've no problem with it. Newt, I think, is a really strong kid character because a lot of the times, um, especially around this time, especially in the James Cameron sequel, John Connor, they introduce an annoying kid character, Um and, you know, Newt doesn't do that. You know, she's there. Yeah, she gets in trouble, whatever, whatever. But I think she's cool enough um, as, you know, the little kid character. I've got no gripes with this, man. I, I think it's a pretty solid film. It's probably definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I've got two minor ones, very minor ones. Oh, here, um, let's fight about it. <laughs> okay. I always found it weird that when the Marines first land, um, that the alien... Like there wouldn't have been more of a a conflict or evidence of a conflict, um, just because I would have thought there'd be like a lot of blood and maybe human entrails and more gory horror shit like laying around, like body parts perhaps. Well, didn't they? I mean, they found they, the alien blood. They saw the alien blood and like how the decking was melted. No, it wasn't that. It was they um, remember Hudson or somebody was like. Oh, there's a community meeting in like the rec room or somewhere because they took them all to cocoon everybody. So there wouldn't have been as much blood as you thought. Yeah, some people probably would have got axe here and there. But Wait, say they, that again. Sorry. They there was a scene where I can't remember which one it was, but all mm. all the colonists had motion trackers attached to their bodies, and they found them all. Um, all their motion detection trackers were reading. <clears throat> in like the rec room or something and someone was like oh it's like a goddamn community meeting and because what happens is the aliens in this movie um they don't kill them straight away they drag them off cocoon them to then breed more face huggers so there wouldn't have been as much blood as you thought because they're not all dying straight off the bat yeah there probably would have been some human remains somewhere like from you know the couple that got killed killed but all their motion, the trackers were all reading in one area, so they all got dragged away. Yeah, okay, but I still would have thought. I don't know. I would have thought that yeah, they I mean, would have found I mean, like that's a, a pretty a coordinated head, attack to get everybody yeah. at once and drag them into one room. Like I well, would have thought that they would have stalked them. Of... They would have stalked them. I mean, that's how the, they work. And then because. There would have been. It was one, though, right? It's, it's it it would have like been was, one to begin yeah. with from the dad, and then he would have got, she would have got the mum, and then it would have gone like that. So it would have started from the outside and worked its way in. I'm guessing. Hmm. It probably would have happened over time, perhaps. I don't know. Hmm. 
But then again, they'd had more samples, so then probably they went out there again and brought more back, probably. Probably. I don't well, know. Maybe, I, I, maybe I always found that a bit odd that there wasn't more of a evidence of a conflict. Like the threat was a bit was a bit delayed in, in that respect. Because um, mm. then they had to patch themselves in to break in, right? Um, yes. So then someone obviously tried to seal up, sealed up the whole um, site to stop people from getting in. Oh, it's definitely interesting. I see where mm. you're coming from. I do see where you're coming from because the alien would have had to get in somewhere, probably through the air ducts, because um, it would have been pretty small. Mm. Uh, and I guess um, the other thing is like, well, I just found it a bit dumb that they proclaim the site secure, even though Ripley says it's not secure. They say it's secure. And when they call in for the airship um, and the pilot is just literally chilling outside on a foreign planet with the with the loading with the uh the ramp door open um and of course an alien gets on board and kills the two pilots crashing the ship obviously that's a kind of like a plot device right um but i just found that a bit a bit hokey like to me that's always the, the probably the biggest sort of yeah hokey part of the story i know i said that the plot was ironclad and to a degree it is, but I mean, I would have thought that if you're engaging in what you don't know if it's a rescue or a, um, if there's going to be hostiles, even if you say, oh, the site's secure and you landed on the LZ, I find it hard to believe that you'd be just chilling outside with the door open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can see, I can see landing and maybe what might have been a better outcome if, is if the, ship had an alien on it and it landed and then when they went to go in the ship the alien popped out and they ran back inside and then the pilots died um it will try to take off or something and crashed you know what i mean like that probably makes more sense than literally a guy just chilling outside with the door open like it a tactical marine would probably know better in that environment that you're in the lz it's i mean they said it's secure but I don't know. Maybe they're still of the mindset is it's of like those guys. Yeah, but this guy's a bit of a dumb dumb. Yeah, but also, wouldn't that whole shitstorm be on the radio? Like, wouldn't they have heard what was going on? Yeah, more so, likely. I you... mean, it is the future. Yeah. So to me, I always found that component of the story a bit weak. That's probably the weakest part. Um, and I, to be honest, you're right. The kid is a bit annoying. Newt is isn't that strong an actor. And I know it's a kid, but like well, her it's, lines are—it's her only credited role because she gave up acting right after. Yeah, her line is her lines are wooden, um, delivered wood. Um, really, uh, I don't know. It's like um, she's not she's not that bad. I think she doesn't. I mean, she gives enough. Like yeah, you know, gives, she's obviously yeah. in the movie enough, but she yeah. she isn't the focal point a lot. And they do you know they do have some. She they do use her as a plot device to you know go to the queen and that type of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. but I think. She works because, and I guess it's also part. Of, she's important for the sig- human side of the story. Like Ripley, you know, Ripley yeah. lost the daughter, and she's she's fighting for her new daughter. I guess, yeah, yeah. And that's the one thing that a yeah. lot of people take away from this movie, which is why people get so hot about Alien Three, is that family dynamic. You know, they want to see, yeah. they want to yeah, see Hicks, new, yeah. yeah, Hicks, Newt, and Ripley. You know, 
and and their pet bishop, you know, just together forever. Um, and then they take that away in the opening scene of Alien 3. But um, we won't get into that because Dave and I oh, ripped into that. that. Oh, we will? Oh, okay, we'll killer. Listen, listen. This this is a this is gonna be a full metal remake of a podcast that was done like two years ago, everyone. But <laughs> just <laughs> just with a different uh, co host on my end. Um <laughs> but um look, you know, that's definitely I just think, yeah, those little bits and pieces, you're gonna get that with anything. You know, you're never gonna find a perfect movie. Well that yeah, that's why I said these are minor gripes. Like they're just like like They're like, Oh man, I wish they did that, but you don't yeah, care but... because in ten minutes it's a wicked awesome, you know, evacuation yeah. scene. It's not a big deal. Like it's it's like yeah, if you saw, if you're the type of guy sweating over stuff like that, then you know. Give, Actually, yeah. I do have one gripe. One mm. one gripe, and. In the, I guess, the director's cut, which isn't actually on my special edition cut, um, or it might be, might be an extra deleted, but Burke's death is kind of like, I just wanted to see that alien mouth go through his head and like his brains just come out the other side. And you don't get that. And then if you watch the alternate scene, you find out that, no, nah, they just took him away to cocoon him. And he does have a pretty gory death, like, after. But, you know, you just... I don't know. You just want to see him get ripped apart because he's such mm. a dick. <laughs> I guess that's one of my gripes is that, you know, you don't... He doesn't really get his comeuppance. In the theatrical cut, it's a quick death, a quick off-screen, off-screen death. Um, in the deleted scenes, yeah, it's a bit more painful. But, man, I just see that guy get ripped into shreds. I don't know. What do mm. you think? Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I mean, like, the action is a bit hokey by today's standards. Uh, but still good, man. It's still good. I mean, they do a lot of quick cuts and they do, like, a lot of panic and a lot of um, close-up on the shooting and because yeah, the aliens are actual puppets, not puppets, um, yeah, suits. It's practical. Um, it's all practical effects, right? So, like, I, but I still prefer that to bullshit CGI. Yes, um, 100%. And just... just you know, people reacting green and and I think as well that that kind of you know that kind of works because the aliens do look out of this world because they look so different because mm. you know they're made with real materials they're real puppets uh, you know they're people in the suits mm. um, so yeah it definitely it, to me it adds to the movie if they were CGI it just wouldn't work like Alien Covenant sorry I keep bringing that movie up jeez <laughs> alright so phones what would you be your recommendation to anyone like if you're a fan of action, sci-fi, thriller, mm. horror, is this a strong recommend? Is this a must-see? What is it? Oh, if you haven't seen this, what the fuck are you doing listening to this? Stop. Whatever you're doing, if you're driving, I want you to pull over. I want you to just, I don't know, go on iTunes and pay for it or something and just start watching it right now. This is a movie you have to see before you die. 100%. Mm. 100%. <laughs> first two alien movies you have to see it because not only are they good like we're saying sci-fi action horror they're good bloody movies 100 percent, they're really good films you have to watch them all right so listeners i agree with that sentiment this is alien and aliens uh are probably very similar vein to the terminator series we got the first one is a bit more is a smaller scoped film 
horror slash terror orientated around um, surviving a threat. So Alien is about surviving the Alien. Uh, Terminator, surviving the Terminator, right? Where and then number two is pretty much a fucking taking that concept but ramping it up to, to fucking 10, uh, escalating it, more action, more violence, more faster pace. Both sequels are phenomenal. In my opinion, both, I would say Terminator 2 is probably like the best sequel of all time, but this is like a close second. This is one of the things that you have to see if you're a fan of sci-fi, you have to see this film. It is so iconic. It has set so many precedents. And like I said, the aesthetics that Jim Cameron creates pretty much offshoots everything we sort of consider as modern sci-fi. Um, from video games to fucking uh, other movies and TV series, it all kind of stems back to this one film. And I mean, like Halo, for instance, um, the whole... Um, USNC is based on pretty much this. It is this. Like they all look the same. They have the same guns. It's all this. They all, all, all those, all those, uh, especially the late nineties or whatever first person shooters, two thousands. They all quote this movie anyway. They're mm. like, sh- you know, short controlled bursts. You know that this movie uh, is quoted in video games. It's used as a reference point for all those first person shooters. If you didn't have Aliens, you wouldn't have Halo. You wouldn't have any of those. You know, I, I stand by that statement. So, as we white wrap this one up, um, it's, this one's been a lot of me ranting and you just going, yep, mm-hmm, uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, mm, yes, it's a film that we both love. So, we, I think I think what works best is when you get a film that you love and I don't, or a film I love and you don't, and then oh. we can have a bit of back and forth. But when we both agree on something, it's like, yep, I agree. Um, oh, I don't know. Our Creed 2 podcast was pretty good. Anyway. Um, <laughs> When we're wrapping this one bad boy up and we're talking about sequels, so this is, I think, number two in, I want to say six, am I wrong? Yeah, so... Excluding this, Alien vs. Predator? Yeah, so oh, this, no, this is two else. two and six, and then mm-hmm. eight if you include those two spinoffs. All right, so where this story takes a turn, I believe, for the worse, it's... isn't necessarily in Alien 3. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, Alien 3 makes some bold... Um, Literally, literally. Well, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Uh, I mean, we'll keep this brief because you know we don't want to go too long about the sequels. Um, It returns the roots back of the 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 franchise into the sort of the horror roots. Um, It has a very auteur artistic director in David Fincher, who produces a very sort of. I think he did Seven and um, the Zodiac Killer and stuff. So he's not. He's not a he's not a, he's not a muppet. Like David Fincher is a good director, but ultimately the story is a bit shit. It, it it I mean I respect the creative decisions that they make and the um the fact that they wanted to go away from action and bring it a bit more orientated into horror, but ultimately the world in which they do um uh, it really is like yeah I think they just went. A couple steps too far. The whole concept of the monastery slash prison, um, the fact that Ripley had a queen embryo, the, even the end when she jumps into the 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 uh, furnace and the embryo's bursting out of her stomach and she's holding onto the embryo, the whole thing like it's it's like it looks good. I actually think it looks good. Again, the aesthetics of the world, like how it's really drab and dreary, and it's um. 
you know, everyone's in kind of rags, everyone's got shaved heads, everyone's sort of just sort of trying to bring, living a very sort of apathetic Ever, existence. Everyone's a rapist, yeah, it's good. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess there's that too, but um, yeah, it's not, I personally don't think it's the worst in the lot. Um, Alien 4 is, for me, the abomination. Um, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Alien 4 is literally probably the biggest shit piece of a film I've ever seen. You know what's funny, though? Like, I, I I agree with you here, right? Okay, Alien 4 is definitely... Alien Resurrection is a oh, shit Alien show. Alien Resurrection, sorry. Alien Resurrection... Well, it's Alien 4. Alien, Alien Resurrection is a yeah. shit show. Alien 3 is definitely better than Alien 4. It's a better movie. It's, it's better made. Uh, it's better paced. Um, but yes, all those problems, I agree with you again. However, I can rewatch Alien Resurrection before I can rewatch Alien 3 because it's almost got that so bad it's good vibe. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's not a good thing. Don't get me wrong. That's like people going, oh, yeah, I've watched The Room this year because it's so bad it's good. It's not a good thing, but it's not. it's not boring. It's just... It's just bad. It's weird, man. The whole film's fucking weird. It's Especially made by that- a French director who brings this sort of European artoirness to it. <laughs> like yeah, a really you, weird- you got that baby at the end, um, the baby alien at the oh end. Oh, my God. It's really yeah. bizarre. And the whole, like, um, it's got, like, a lot of Dutch camera angles and just, mm. I don't know. I think it's, I think, I personally think it's just a very shit plot. Uh, interesting concept. So, to get the embryo, they have to clone Ripley. Um, which kind of makes sense, but it doesn't because um, one's a parasite and they wouldn't share the DNA, right? Um, uh, <laughs> and I'm not a scientist, sto- man. And the story itself is just fucking boring. Like, it really is. Like, it's not even like, who are they running from? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they literally, they put themselves in this danger. Like, it's yeah. not... Yeah, no, no, no. I hear you. Man, and I think it's, I think it's cast really it's pretty bad. Bad. Like it's, I think the cast is terrible. Like there's, there's definitely, there's two saving graces, and that's um, mm. uh, Ron Pel, well, Ron Pelman. Sigourney Weaver is always good. Um, she did the best she could, but Ron Pelman, I thought he was pretty entertaining. Sigourney and um, oh, jeez, uh, Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf. He's always, always entertaining in everything, but. Other than that, it was just trying to be something it wasn't. And ooh, even my dog doesn't like it. So there you go. Um, and then the film series goes into some hiatus after the pretty much the failed reboot. So number three, in terms of guys, number three, nobody really likes it. Um, because, they, again, it's not necessarily it's a bad film. It's just that the creative decisions they make are so sort of left field that you kind of just hard... It's really hard to connect the events of the first two in this world of number three. Um, and then even more so in number four, like, it's just like, fucking, what is this? Like, what is this? Um, like, steampunk fucking future <laughs> weirdness. Um, yeah. Should have ended at that too. But, yeah. And then um, Ridley Scott gets involved. Oh. And now, this is what I've, I've been on record on this podcast saying, I think I have a massive issue with Ridley Scott and his ego, and in particular these films, right? Because they had a, a a sequel lined up by shit the guy who gave us. I'm gonna look this up because I don't want to get this wrong, and I'll, and I'll be very quick. Um, 
It's oh, fuck. He. Uh, in the meantime, I'll just say game over, man. Fifteen. Game over, man. Game over. Remind you of a better movie. Game over, man. Game uh, Neil Blomkamp. So Neil Blomkamp, he did. Um, he was meant to do a thing called Alien Awakening, um, and his sequel was meant to take straight after two, and it was going to race three and four. Um, and it pretty much sounded very compelling because it's going to bring back um, pretty much Hicks, Ridley, even you. Like everyone's coming back, right? And it was going to be set. I think it was going to be set on Earth. I'm not 100 sure on that. But with the details of that, who cares, right? He, this guy, has done District Nine, Elysium. He's done some. He's done some good sci-fi films. He's no joke, right? But then what they decided to do is make uh, Ridley Scott's sequel films, uh, uh, what they call it, Prometheus and then Covenant. Yeah, the the prequels. And Covenant, they had to push the alien in because uh, he was just going to fight around with Prometheus like another 600 times before actually bringing the alien back. Really? Yeah, originally he was meant to do Prometheus and then it was meant to be the sequel to Prometheus like without the alien yet. Mm-hmm. The alien wasn't meant to come back for at least another sequel or so. He was going to continue that Prometheus story. But then fan backlash and all that type of stuff, it was just like, come on, man. Just answer our damn questions. Who's the engineer? Who's this? Who's that? Give us a freaking alien. Come on. Here's the thing. I don't give a fuck about any of that shit. I don't give a fuck about who the engineer is. I don't give a fuck about fucking who created the alien. I could no. give a fuck about any of this. Yeah, but that ruined the A. Like, that's not the point of Aliens. That really isn't. Bloody like David. And that's what I fucking have so much umbrage with today's audiences, is that they need a fucking, in quotes, universe, a cinematic universe, and they need every component fucking backfilled with mundane details so that they can fucking score up on their fucking fandom and swing their dick as to them, oh, I know more about this, or I've, oh. I've read this fucking novel, I've read this comic, I've fucking... It's like, who cares? Why are you getting muddled in detail of a universe that's fucking fictional all i want is a good story the point of aliens is there's this fucking weapon of an alien hunting you that's it <laughs> that's it that's all you have to go that's look, all you have look, to do all all i wanted all i wanted to know was who put the aliens there and who fucked up that big ass alien on the chair and they ruined who cares, that. though who yeah cares? but no, no no but if you're doing a prequel you kind of want to know that you want to you want to well, know that? Okay, that's the truth. Okay, if you if you're, you're yeah, and, right and in that he, sense, and yes. homeboy said he was doing a damn prequel. All right, but no, we got some freaking Jesus God complex of who created us. I don't fucking care. Just give me aliens chest bursting. But no, anyway, this is two years ago. We talked. I talked about this, and fans of the podcast will know. <sighs> I get hot. Anyway, no, Sam. No, I'm not talking about I, that anymore. No. No, well, I, I think Covenant's the worst sequel within Prometheus. So Prometheus, it, it like, literally doesn't do anything. It meanders for, like, two and a half hours and goes nowhere. Isn't really scary. It looks kind of cool. I mean, it's fine. It invented the, the Prometheus school of running away from things. Like, Wayland Butani kind of has always known about this space, um, this spaceship, apparently. Like, why would you just give us, like, I don't know, just 
all we have to do is give us the first one again, like a crew. They send a crew out, and this is now Ripley, you find that Ripley wasn't the first one. She was like, like the second crew or the third crew that they sent out. You know what I mean? Like, why? Yeah, I mean, why could, try and just build this weirdness that nobody gives a fuck about? They could have made it so much easier. You're right. They could have just sent another crew out, not given us all this bullshit. Like now, now we know what the origin of the alien is, right? The origin is that David. Is it David? That android? I don't even know. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? But, but what Michael I'm trying Fassbender, to say is, whatever his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. Whatever. I don't like him. Um. He. He's the one that created the alien, right? Like. Luckily, these movies are so far apart; it doesn't stain the original for me. Like, I don't even consider those two movie sequels. I don't. I don't either. I, I actually think they're so loosely it. threaded. Yeah. That they're not 100%. in the same universe. Hundred percent. I. I am no rush. To go rewatch them, but I will rewatch Alien and Aliens. Hell, I would rewatch Alien Three and Triple Hell. I would rewatch Alien Resurrection before I would ever, ever watch those other two movies. Fuck, throw an AVP in there, even AVP Requiem. And you guys know how I feel about that movie. I'd watch those because to me, they've got more fucking connection to the original movie than what those two do. They're cash grabs. There's one dude stroking his ego, trying to say I'm better than you. The fans, I'm better than you. I'll tell you what you like. Ridley Scott is the Vince McMahon of freaking movies. Done, dusted, hour and nine, call it, let's go. Take it home. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I don't even think they're on the same fucking... I just, I, I couldn't get through Covenant. It was so boring. I was like, ugh. I can, see, I can already see where this is going. As soon as they have one guy sort of splinter off and he's like a Jesus freak and he wants to do things and against the advice of the scientists i'm like oh god you know how do you make something so fucking pedestrian like are you not inspired at all like it's so it's so fucking cliche that it's just who cares man i hope the alien wipes out all of them i don't feel anything for any of these characters they're all one-dimensional the dialogue's terrible there's no suspense there's no thrills there's no jumps there's nothing there's no action sequences to speak of Fucking hell! Why and and the audacity of really Scott thinking, oh, yeah, we uh we, no, I want to make more. I want to make I can make Alien sequels the whole lot to the you know for the rest of my career. I'm like, are you joking me, man? Who the fuck is watching this shit? Alien fucking Covenant made like it makes the problem is that make these fucking fanboys they go to see they endorse this by like oh I got to show that I got to show up for this. It's like no, if it's a bad film, why? Why beat the drum? Why create more of it? Like, and that's the thing I just don't really, I just fucking just can't stand. Like, it's just, they're so bad, but everyone just keeps fucking forking out cash for it. Well, listen um, to you, Ridley Scott, I'm not going to your untitled Alien prequel. That well, I, don't, I, th- I think Disney's been in it because Fox owned them, and um, I don't think Disney yeah, wants yeah, to. Good, good. Wants to, I think, I think what Disney wants to do now is actually just start afresh and reboot it entirely, which at this point would be the smartest decision. All right, and lastly, um, listeners, if you're, I just want to make everyone aware of this. I'm not sure um, I talked about it with you on Viber. Uh, if you go on Audible, um, which is a uh, an app that sort of for audiobooks, they actually have um, a the um the uh, the original Alien Three. Now this thing was meant to come out. Um, this was the one that was meant to or the originally planned production of the sequel alien 3 that had michael bean return as hicks 
and Newt. Um, this was eventually shelved for the version we got with David Fincher. But they, what they've done, Audible, is actually taken the script um, and made it into an audio book. Uh, it's literally called Alien 3. Um, and it has Michael Bean in it. It has Lance Hendrickson as um, Bishop. And it is so far, I've only listened to about 35, 45 minutes. But it's really good. Like, so far, it's really good. Um, it You could kind of see why they didn't go this direction because it actually explores more of the politics of the space and blah, 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 okay. But it's, so far, the story is two thumbs up. So maybe give that a listen um, on Audible. It's called Alien 3. Um, you should be able to find it pretty easily. It's the one with Michael Bean. Just look for that. And yeah, give that a listen. Um Phones, thanks for joining me. No as, worries, always, as always, listeners, you can find us on SoundCloud, Twitter, iTunes. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> over, man. Podcast <laughs> over. Podcast over. We'll catch you down the road. Ciao. Bye.